1: we are so
2: for coming to Barge Logic Political Talk, part of the Grown Conservative Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will have our analysis of the first 2016 GOP presidential primary debate. And it should be an interesting and a fun night. We do have audio clips from the two debates, so we will not only be hearing uh, from the candidates who were part of the uh, prime time debate, we will also hear and discuss uh, what the candidates had to say from the prior debate to that, and so looking forward to hearing it. Of course, uh, when the show started here in 2012, uh, we were uh, talking about uh, the primary then, and that's actually where the song, if anyone's wondering, uh, on here came from, is i seen an audio or actually a video on YouTube uh, where some folks put together for the New Gingrich campaign, and uh, they put a really great video uh, together for that. And they had the song as the background of the drop music for that video. And so, of course, that has remained the opening theme, opening music to uh, the show. And it will remain uh, to be so. And so tonight, as I said, we will be covering the 2016 debate. Uh, we'll be hearing from our panelists, myself, of course, and then, of course, our panelists tonight. We will hear from City Todd. Uh, we'll, we'll yeah. And anyone else out there who would like to in, uh, the show? Just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And once uh, you get in the show and if you want to make some comments, one thing we do differently here on Bard's Logic Political Talk is that once you're in the show and if you'd like to stay and remain on the show after you've uh, had your first day about the candidates or what you thought about the debate, then you're welcome to stay on the show for the remainder of it and join what we call our roundtable discussion. Where we're trying to bring you back to everyone on the call uh, as much as possible, and keep things as equally as we can, uh, as possible with folks to listen to the show, and then of course be a part of the show because this is the grassroots We the People show. It's about you, the grassroots. And so what what we'll do is uh, kind of play some of the audio tonight, and if you'd like to chime in on any of that, as I said, call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and if you'd like to get emails uh, about the upcoming or some of our past episodes, there's a little follow button that you'll see here on blog talk radio, and you will be able to push that and get those email updates. So just for it to follow, click that. And if you uh, want to see us on Facebook, you can also go to Facebook and just the search engine Put Bards Logic Political Talk, and you'll be able to find the show there. As well, and uh, we'd really appreciate it if you like the page. I believe here on Vlog Talk Radio as well, you will find a link uh, that will in the description for tonight's show with the Facebook uh, page there on Bard's Logic. So definitely check that out. So what we're going to do now is I'm uh, play things as much in order as I can on the debates, but since we will be using material from both uh, of the debates, both the primetime. Debate and then with the other candidates uh, who didn't quite make it to the prime time. Uh, we want to hear uh, from some of them as well. But first, uh, what we're going to do is uh, one of the questions I asked uh, really started with Megan Kelly asking about electability. And she began with Ben Carson. And so we're going to hear uh, that clip first. And then uh, we'll move throughout the show. We'll uh, play the clips and then do the commentary uh, with, my- and then the commentary from. Uh, our panelist, Cindy, who I see is on the line. And then, of course, when Kelly uh, calls in, uh, we will be hearing from Kelly as well uh, to chime in on that. And so let's go ahead and begin with the uh, – actually, before that, it did start with something different uh, now that I'm looking here, is actually they were talking about a hand of people who have watched the debate, uh, but if not, uh, we've got pretty much all of it covered, and we'll be playing those tonight. And so, actually, the first thing uh, that they talked about was pledging whether they would support the nominee in 2016. Because we know there was much consternation in 2012 about supporting Romney, especially as uh, things unfolded around the convention in 2012 and how that ended up. And then it was hard getting support for Romney, and that could be talked for another day. Uh, But because of that, and if you want to hear more about that, I'll. Our shows are archived from 2012, and where we talk at length about that. And so, without any further ado, let's go ahead and hear uh, about the pledging to support the nominee. Let's begin.
3: Gentlemen, we know how much you love hand raising questions. So, we promise this is the only one tonight. The only one. Is there anyone on stage, and can I see hands, who is unwilling tonight? to pledge your support to the eventual nominee of the Republican Party and pledge to not run an independent campaign against that person. Again, we're looking for you to raise your hand now. Raise your hand now if you won't make that pledge tonight. Mr. Trump. So, Mr. Trump, to be clear, standing on a Republican primary... I fully understand. The place where the RNC will give the nominee the nod.
4: I fully understand.
3: And that experts say an independent run would almost certainly hand the race over to Democrats and likely another Clinton. You can't say tonight that you can make that pledge. I cannot say I have to respect the person that if it's not me, the person that
4: wins. If I do win and I'm leading by quite a bit, uh, that's what I want to do. I can totally make that pledge. If I'm the nominee, I will pledge. I will not run as an independent. But uh, and I am discussing it with everybody. But I'm you know talking about a lot of leverage. We want to win, and we will win. But I want to win as the Republican. I want to run as the Republican nominee. So cool. tonight you can't say if another one of these.
3: This is what's wrong? I'm mean, okay. This is what's wrong? He bought-
2: Okay, folks. And, of course, uh, in a lot of the debate, if you recall, it was to kind of get on Trump. And and you'll see that as things uh, develop, if you haven't uh, seen the debate and you're just listening to some of these audio now. And so, of course, as I said, that's uh, in reference to what happened in 2012 when there was a a lot of candidates who uh, would not support uh, Romney. Uh, and, And, of course, a lot of that had to do with what Romney campaign did to some of the other candidates. Uh, in that. And so, what my, you know, my take on that is, you know, there has already been talk about him doing an independent and talk about Trump being an independent candidate. And because they're not really seeing him lasting uh, that long, I, I'm skeptical. He may, may not. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, but right now, he is the front runner. But through my understanding, even after this debate, he gained one uh, percent in the polls uh, afterwards. And so uh, that's kind of my take on it. And so let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. And we've got plenty of clips on uh, for tonight, and that's the first one. So uh, we'll spend some more time on other questions than others. Uh, But first, Cindy, uh, you've seen the debate. You've heard the clip. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, that question about the uh, hand raised, whether they're going to support whoever the nominee is? And do you think that uh, links back to what happened in 2012?
5: Well, first of all, I think they were baiting him because they knew um, that there was his, his support is so strong that, you know, they could get him to, you know, maybe make a gaffe there. And I'm sure that they thought that was going to work for him, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, I think it ended up working against him. But I tell you what, well, I'll, I'll bring that up later. I got something to say, but I'll bring it up later. Anyway, yeah, he he was definitely set up for that. And I'm glad that he stuck to his guns and uh, kept, the, kept the negotiating point open, which is what a good businessman does. And if you watch, you know, if you've watched any of his interviews this week, anywhere, he's staying with everything except for one thing, but I'll talk about that later. And um, I, I like it that, that he's been tough with uh, our own party. Our our party has needed some cleaning out for a long time. And um, I I don't know. We'll just see what happens, where he's at, why he's where he is, um, and whether the Republicans are just um, using him some way or, you know, Jeb Bush said something this week, uh, maybe even today or yesterday, that I thought was very interesting, um, and I began to see where he was going. You know, nobody says Jeb Bush did well in the ba- the debate um, last week, except people.
2: No, who I don't think so either. For,
5: yeah, except people who pushed for Jeb Bush, which, you know, I don't know how many of those there really are. But anyway, um, nobody says he did, you know, whoa, wow, man, Jeb Bush did so good. I think he went down in the polls afterwards, which is not a good sign. But what he said this week, um, he said, um, well i'm going to be the I'm gonna be the Republican who doesn't go after all these people, and I'm not going to be talking down all those people. We need to be talking down Hillary Clinton. Uh, we need to talk down Barack Obama and what he's been doing." and uh, I'm going to be the person who can and, uh, bring our party together, and I'm not going to be tearing down you know, members of our party. Well, first of all, he doesn't have to because Fox News and everybody else is doing that for him, and he knows it. He can keep his mouth shut and let everybody else who is shilling for him do his dirty work, okay? And, and then secondly, um, th- this is probably his plan, you know, is to uh, use this situation, you know, to his advantage so that he can look like the party unifier, okay, which he's not because he's a part of the establishment Republicans. They are not unifiers. They are dividers because they have divided out a whole segment of their population, which is the grassroots uh they mm-hmm. did that by the rules changes last in in the uh, last convention um so right. when when he says he's going to unify what that actually means is he's trying to get a lot of uh moderates to vote for him uh thinking that you know all these conservatives are going to come along s- sooner or later uh because Jebby boy is is the man you know but <clears throat> again Whether that's going to work remains to be seen also. And he is not a unifier, like I said. Uh, Neither is the rhino part of the party. Uh, They did everything they could do to marginalize us in the last election. By us, I mean Mm -hmm. true conservatives.
2: And the libertarians of the party as well.
5: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And speaking of libertarians... uh Cindy, let's go ahead and, uh, cause we, gosh, we got a ton of material to cover tonight, um, and so hopefully we'll be able to, to come back with that. And, I mean, if we got to do a couple shows on this, perhaps we will, but let's go ahead and bring in our libertarian friend, because as uh, I said, so we got uh, some diverse views here. Uh, hi, Kelly. Uh, thanks for calling to the show. Uh, you've seen the debate, and uh, we've got some more audio clips and reminders. Uh, what did you think about that uh, hand-raising question?
6: Well, first of all, everyone... Hello, and welcome to Hi. Bar's Logic. Hello, welcome to Bar's Logic Game Show. Yes, the game show where we talk <laughs> about politics, which was very much similar to these so-called debates. Yeah. Um, except they didn't have the, the pretty blonde, you know, displaying uh, this new car on the prices, is Right. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, there was that pretty blonde sitting behind you know, the table asking questions and took up 35 minutes of the debate. Uh, you know, the the Fox News people were taking up so much of the time with their own comments and obviously well-armed, well-pointed questions to put people into this odd position. Now, I'm beginning to wonder about some things here. Um, let's see, Hillary, you guys heard the news about um, Hillary, yes, I mean Hillary, um... G uh, Rodham Clinton. Um, okay, sorry. She uh personal server, they found classified information. And for some reason they're investigating her. And isn't that really interesting? Um she's got emails about Benghazi top secret stuff on a personal, not a government server. And of course some are already saying things like, well, let's see if it's on a personal, personal server. The Russians and the Chinese already have whatever top secret stuff she had. So, hmm, all of a sudden they're pressing, and oh, that can mean she's done. Jerome Corsi with uh, World Net Daily saying she's pretty much going to be done. Oh, well, then you get Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Today. I'm having terrible time with names here. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is going to be the only Democrat <laughs> left. So, how's this going to work? Trump, if he bails, throws uh, the support towards Jeb Bush, and there's nobody in the Democrats, so we might end up with Jeb Bush. Um, hmm. I'm just kind of what, what tricks are the powers that be up to? That's what I'm questioning. That's what I'm wondering. Or we're going to have a nice, honest, clean, fair election race? Um,
2: well, <clears throat> of, uh, yeah. Yeah. I thinks uh, we'll, we'll see. It's very early to tell. Uh, as Newt Gingrich said, and, uh, actually we'll hear an audio clip because of course I had to have it, um, an audio clip, uh, later on the show about what Newt thought about, uh, the candidates, you know, no, nothing real specific, uh, but well, some of the let's, candidates let's let's in the debate and Trump as well. So, yeah, but, let's... uh, but it's going ahead and moving on, um, cause I said, we got a lot, uh, to cover here. And so if oh, anyone, uh, the audience, will, what's
6: up Just real quick. Hillary Clinton is being investigated by the Democrats, democratically controlled FBI, democratically controlled attorney general, Laura Lerner, just as bad as uh, um, Eric Holder. So it's fascinating that they're going after her. It's like you guys want to just go ahead, Justice Department, why don't you just go and tell everybody to vote for the Republicans? Something doesn't make sense.
2: Well, perhaps they're investigating sure so they could set something up to Exonerator.
6: I don't know. Something doesn't make sense.
2: <laughs> well, and that's perhaps that. Uh, perhaps that's what they're doing is perhaps they're you know, sending out like an exonerator uh, to uh, run. I don't. And, and frankly, I mean, especially after seeing Jeb Bush uh, the other night, I really don't think it's going to go far. And we'll, we'll probably hear some more. Uh, with him during his clips. But the second one, speaking of Megyn Kelly, which I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of hers. At least I haven't been since 2012. Um, I can't even stand really what look at. Her. I'm not a big fan of her. Uh, but first, uh, of course, she was, because uh, I think they're kind of for the establishment, and she's one of them. Uh, but first, of course, she wants to uh, set her aims and talk about electability. And the person she decided to ask about the their electability of course, with one of the candidates that is you know, not a career politician and not a part of the Republican establishment, and that's Ben Carson. Uh, so let's go ahead and hear her question to him.
7: This is on the subject of electability in the general election. And we start tonight with you, Dr. Carson. You are a successful neurosurgeon, but you admit that you have had to study up when it comes to foreign policy, saying there's a lot to learn your critics say that your inexperience shows you suggested that the baltic states are not a part of nato just months ago you were unfamiliar with the major political parties and government in israel and domestically you thought alan greenspan had been treasury secretary instead of federal reserve chair aren't these basic mistakes and don't they raise legitimate questions about whether you are ready to be president
8: well i could take issue with with all of those things but we don't have time but i will say um, we have a debate here tonight and we will have an opportunity to explore those areas and i'm looking very much forward to demonstrating that in fact uh the thing that is probably most important is having a brain and to be able to figure things out and learn things very rapidly so you know experience comes from a large number of different arenas and america became a great nation early on not because it was flooded with politicians, but because it was flooded with people who understood the value of personal responsibility, hard work, cre- creativity, innovation, and that's what will get us on the right track now as well.
2: Okay, and uh, folks, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, likes what I've heard from uh, Ben Carson and it's a pod to make some of my picks. And, and frankly, th- to be honest, I'm not really, Really excited about any of the candidates so far. Of course, it is early, and there are you know still candidates. I'm hoping to see uh, jumps in, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see that remains to be seen. Uh, but if I had to pick, uh, you know, some of my top four of all those that are in there, uh, I believe Ben Carson uh, would be one of them to have on there. And so, what did you think about you know her bringing up all these? Uh, you know, they made gas. I mean, heck, gas. Every, all of them make gas you know, in their time. I mean, you know, look, look at Obama with our uh, 57 states. Um, and, of course, you know, that's kind of indicative of what he is. But, you know, we're so, we're tired. One thing the I like is, you know, he's not part of the establishment. He's not a career politician. I think that could be something that this country could really use as someone who's not, uh, you know, linked up that way. Well, what do you think, Sandy?
5: Sorry, I was muted. Um,
2: okay, well, go ahead.
5: First of all, as far as Ben Carson is concerned, I am kind of excited about him. I think he would make an awesome candidate to go up against any Democrat. <clears throat> um, he is so knowledgeable, and when he speaks, uh, nobody can criticize him. You know, there's just... I, I haven't heard anybody criticize Dr. Ben Carson. The only way they can uh, hold him back is to marginalize him and they did that last week by only asking him certain questions uh, that everybody knows that Ben Carson knows a lot about they did not ask him pertinent questions about things like uh, you know foreign policy and economics and he has some awesome ideas about those things so what they basically do is they corner him into a one uh a one issue candidate but dr ben carson is extremely knowledgeable in all areas now i will admit i don't believe he's done the you know <clears throat> the foreign policy trail as much as others but what he does have is what he mentioned this week that <clears throat> He has wisdom. And when you have wisdom, you know how to pick the people to listen to. You know how to pick the policies that will work. Um, You know what to do with things when they come before you. You know what to do when trouble hits. You can problem solve. I mean, there's just, um, you know... I understand what he meant when he said, what you really need in the White House is wisdom. And um, he has that. And of course, you you know why I might be, you know, liking Dr. Carson because he is a Christian and he's a real Christian, not somebody that stands up there and says, I'm a Christian for political reasons. He's been a Christian for a long time. Uh, many many years ago, I saw him on Christian shows, giving his testimony about, uh, you know how you know how he was raised and and um, uh, his life story and how he came to be a one of the the top neurosurgeons in the whole world. And it's an awesome story. If you don't know it, you should go and find out about it. Uh, and uh, this is a true rags to riches story you know, son of a single mother with in the, you know, <clears throat> poor section of town. He was on his way to uh failing everything in school and his mother intervened and uh he and look where he is today. So yeah, I think just, he's go ahead. an awesome candidate. I, I just think he's an awesome candidate and I and I hope that in the next um I hope that CNN will do a better job of including him in all issues so that he can shine.
2: We have somebody uh, here in chat uh, called uh, Online on the Air, and welcome to the show. Now, maybe like you're hearing so far, but uh, he puts, or she, I don't know if it's a he or she, but it's online on the air, puts Carson did a great job of not answering questions. He did not seem prepared. Uh, my answer to that is uh, it sounded like he shot from the hip and he didn't sound rehearsed. And personally, I like that. Um so let's go ahead and uh, we'll hear from more candidates, but first, let's go ahead and hear from Kelly. and so what your thoughts were of Megan's uh, Kelly's question, and it doesn't surprise me coming from her, uh, being as my opinion a chill for the uh, Republican establishment, much like in a lot of ways Fox News is. Uh, in my opinion, at least, but that's what they uh, did so or made apparent in 2012. Uh, What what are your thoughts on her question and her posing that question to Ben Carson?
6: Well, there's an old saying, when you've got a dilemma, make the lemonade. Um, Turn something good out of a bad situation. Obviously, that was kind of a setup, and he handled that very well. The applause was actually quite stunning. He's got enormous potential. I think he's kind of a real people person in the sense that I love people and I want to help. I think I can really see that in so many aspects. Uh, He's doing really well in Iowa right now, which is the the first state of this game show. Um, But then i got a buddy that's just nuts about him. And uh, I I think he's going to go a long way, I really do. My concern with him is he may not understand – the Federal Reserve System, nor the necessity of guns, he has stated that, well, I I think we should disallow guns in major cities, you know, in big cities. I I don't think we should have guns in big cities. I'm like, oh, I don't know where you heard that or thought that or whatever you're thinking, but you're not thinking there. Um, But other than that, I've had my eye on him for quite some time, and I actually like him. Um, I'm not as... uh, (coughs) And love him as much as Cindy is there, but a uh, little tease there because you kind of saw, though, I, I just caught a little bit of a bias there. Um, but I think he's going to go a long way.
5: I didn't really think I had much of a bias. I just liked
2: the guy. I can tell you that I
5: have not made my decision yet. If, the, if, the, if okay. they voted tomorrow here in Florida, I honestly would be walking into that polls going, what am I going to do?
2: So and also, well, we found out that
5: it, on, you, on, we're, online we're, on
2: the air is a dude, he says, and uh, uh, it sounds like uh, he is a Rubio supporter, and uh, if you'd like to chime in about uh, Rubio, we do have some Rubio clips. Um, now, I'll, I'll make this break. Can this I see a little
6: more? Because, Cindy funny. is un, un, oh. uncommitted right now. She That C word just bugs her. Were you a man in, the, in a past life?
2: <laughs> anyways okay it's not Bart's logic after dark uh, uh, yeah Kelly uh, but we're going to move on we've got a lot to cover uh, we, yeah, we're going to move on we've got, we got, got tons to cover and I will say that you know a lot of what I heard from review uh, last night was you know I was impressed I'm, I'm not really happy about uh, how he does uh, immigration with Sanson on immigration I agree with you there Cindy as you put in the chat and some of the things he said, I think he didn't say it directly, but he did allude to his thoughts on uh, America and immigration, and hopefully so we'll get a chance to, to hear that tonight. But let's go ahead and uh, move over to the other debate, which is in place something kind of similar, with a question about how to inspire the nation. And uh, that uh, I can't remember her name to be honest, uh, she was asking, she was uh, one of the moderators on, on the earlier debate. And uh, let's go ahead and hear uh, that from Lindsey Graham, his answer. Now
7: to the next question. President Obama promised hope and change for the country, yet 60% of Americans are not satisfied with the shape that the country is in right now.
5: Many think that America has lost its can-do spirit, and that it's not the nation that it once was. Ronald Reagan was confronted with a similar atmosphere, and he said that it could be mourning in America again. JFK said it was a new
7: frontier. FDR said that we had nothing to fear, but fear itself. On um, this fire, this nation, this is a great... Thank you. Thank you. Senator Graham.
0: We need somebody ready to be Commander-in-Chief on day one, who understands there are no moderates in Iran. They've been killed a long time ago. That the Ayatollahs a radical jihadist who really means it when he chants, Death to America, Death to Israel. And this deal is giving him a pathway to a bomb, a missile to deliver it, and money to pay for it all. We need a president who can solve our problems, bring us together. We're becoming Greece if we don't work together. At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, our best days are ahead of us only if we work together. And I intend to put this country on a path to success by working together and doing the hard things that should have been done a very long time ago.
2: Folks, so, I tell you what. I'll be honest. I was watching uh, Liz, Lindsey Graham, and I don't know if either one of you has seen uh, the first debate. but I felt uh, I felt so sorry for him in a way. Cause it's like Graham, Lindsey. There, there, there's no way. There, there's no way. I mean, no. I, I don't want to say he was. And no, I, did, I. You know, I made clips of almost everybody. There were a few uh, candidates that uh, we won't hear from tonight uh, on anything. So. Uh, you know, we just want to hear from a, a couple of candidates. Uh, but he was one of them, you know, because, I mean, you know, some of his answers, you know, we, we've got. Uh, but, man, I just I just felt like he had a very poor performance. He just seemed, I don't know, just bl- blasé on I mean, him. I don't know. I just don't see where, speaking of an inspiring nation, that he, he's got it. What, what do you think, Kelly?
6: The way he talked, I am so inspired. I'm about ready to... Uh... Uh, just uh, oh. knock on the door and say, Lindsey Graham, yeah, I'm so inspired by the way he speaks. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm not going to be able to get to sleep tonight. I'm so inspired.
5: <clears throat> I think you're Cindy? sleeping right now. <laughs> 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 no, uh, okay, so, all right. So Lindsey oh, oh, by,
6: by the way, when I, when I get over-inspired and I go do something illegal that I didn't know was illegal and I'm indefinitely detained, I'll call him up and he'll say, you tell him you don't get a, a lawyer. Yeah, he's that guy.
5: Yeah, well, I, well, okay. So Lindsey Graham is a hawk, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't think so because that's not what he's been doing in the in in Congress. But anyway, so he's a hawk. So what? Uh, Barack Obama's a hawk, you know. So let's. Did you say a hog
6: or a
2: hawk?
5: Hawk. H. A. W. K. Hawk.
2: Hawk. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell is okay. a as a is a hog. Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll think about Trump. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> so anyway, you know, um
6: I was thinking boss hog, but you know, all
1: right. I
5: I don't know exactly how, you know, he would work that out, his little plan over there. But anyway, um I don't trust anything he says because he is one of the main leadership um rhinos up there that has done everything he could to reverse any kind of good changes that the conservative um congress that came in last election is trying to do so i I, i'm I'm not i don't even want to talk about, about him anymore because he's just like you know so far
2: out of there. I don't care. Okay, well, let's let's move on. And I do see some folks on the line. Uh, If you would like to chime in to tonight's show, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And I do see some folks in the show. If you're listening in, awesome. We appreciate you calling in. But if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your phone dial, and that will let me know that you'd like to chime in and give some comments uh, on the show. And, you know, whether it's about a certain candidate or certain questions, uh, a candidate you would like to see running or, you know, questions you would have liked to heard asked on there, go ahead and give us a nod. And I do see someone who has pushed uh, the one on the number dial, and we are going to get you in. And that's area code uh, 347, and we'll just get your name and where you're calling from in a moment. But first, let's go ahead and hear one more clip, and then we'll bring uh, our caller in first after the clip. And that is where a question was posed to, and since I'll bring this up, uh, moving on, uh, on, to Marco Rubio. And this one had to do about, you know, whether someone who does not have any executive experience uh, has the qualifications uh, to be a president over a governor.
9: When Jeb Bush announced his candidacy for presidency, he said this: "There's no passing off responsibility when you're a governor." No blending into the legislative crowd. Could you please address Governor Bush across the stage here and explain to him why you, someone who has never held executive office, are better prepared to be president than he is, a man who you say did a great job running your state of Florida for eight years. Well, thank you for the
0: question, Chris, and it's great to be here tonight. Uh, Let me begin by saying this. I'm not new to the political process. I was making a contribution as the Speaker of the third largest and most diverse state in the country well before I even got into the Senate. I would add to that that this election cannot be a resume competition. It's important to be qualified. But if this election is a resume competition, then Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president because she's been in office and in government longer than anybody else running here tonight. Here's what this election better be about. This election better be about the future, not the past. It better be about the issues our nation and the world is facing today, not simply the issues we once faced. This country is facing an economy that has been radically transformed. You know, the largest retailer in the country in the world today, Amazon doesn't even own a single store, and these changes have been disruptive. They have changed people's lives. The jobs that once sustained our middle class, they either don't pay enough or they are gone. And we need someone that understands that as our nominee. If I'm our nominee, how is Hillary Clinton going to lecture me about living paycheck to paycheck? I was raised paycheck to paycheck. How is she going to lecture me? How is she going to lecture
7: me about student loans? I owed
2: over $100,000 just four years ago. If I'm our nominee, we. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in our caller uh, with area code 347. Uh, tell us where you're handling from and your name. Thank you for calling to the show.
10: Howdy, this is online on the air, and yes, the exchange is New York, but I'm calling from Nashville.
2: Oh, okay, great. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, so you heard from Rubio. Well, what are your thoughts on that? And perhaps you're like the time in on some of the other clips uh, that you've heard. Uh, Go ahead.
10: Yeah, I'm a big Rubio fan. Not too fond of that response. I thought it was weak to proclaim Hillary as the um, resume winner. If anyone looked at her resume, really looked at her resume, she wouldn't, see it already be in jail. So that was kind of a ridiculous comment. Um, But again, big Rubio fan, Uh, love the fact that he's of Hispanic descent, and as this administration tries to uh, flood our nation with illegals, um, I see him as a viable candidate to beat him at their own game. Plus, he does have a lot of experience. I believe he has experience with um, being able to work with both sides of the aisle, and the question of uh, executive experience is a joke when we couldn't even find uh, the school records of the current um tyrant in office so uh, some of the questions that were asked i guess maybe so i have a question for you all do you think all of those questions came from facebook that evening
2: oh no certainly not i don't think all of them did uh certainly some of them uh came from the moderators uh i mean i know those aimed at uh donald trump or probably other candidates i think other candidates uh asked like Ben Carson, we mentioned earlier, I think that came from uh, the moderators as well, because frankly, I don't, you know, the the people on Facebook, you know, at this point in time in the election, I don't know if they would have done the research and the digging on certain things that, you know, Ben Carson has said, (laughs) you know, I just don't think they've had that kind of resource to do that kind of research to to dig all those things up with Ben Carson uh, this early in a campaign to, to ask him that kind of a question. Right, right. Cindy, what do you whole, think? Whole, yes. Go
5: ahead. I thought they were pretty obvious about um, announcing which questions were from Facebook or not. They kind of showed a, um, a picture, you know, of, of whoever it was that uh, had posted the question. and I, I thought it was kind of clear on that. I don't know. Um, I could have got that wrong, but I, I thought that's the way they were doing it. So everything that didn't show a picture of you know and say that it was a Facebook question no that came from the moderators
10: I was tweeting the whole time so I wasn't looking at the screen (laughs) Uh, Uh seriously the way the the questions were um, just the way the questions were phrased I, I I don't know why Fox wasted so much time with irrelevant questions when there were much more important topics to be discussed. Seems like, I mean, personally, f- I thought it was one of the best debates I've ever seen as far as energy goes. And obviously, with 24 million people tuning in, um, Trump was obviously a, a big draw there. So, so it was an exciting debate, uh, but substance was lacking. That was
2: probably not our- great. I, when, and I think a lot of the questions that came from the from uh, the panel or the moderators is I think uh, a, a lot of them were you know kind of get your questions. Oh, I'm going to get your questions. Yeah. It seemed like they from had, the, you and- know from them and the, the ones with substance more. It seemed like they had more questions with substance. You know, came from the uh, Facebook callers or your whatever typers, what do you want to call it, uh, than the moderators. What do you think, Kelly?
6: Well, I agree with you. The uh, "I got you questions, you know, they weren't just a simple. Uh, What's your view on foreign policy? What oh, gee, That was what seven, eight words. I don't know. Um, no, they had to, the "I got you" questions. I got you questions, and they considering the da 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 da. And then when you said this, and in your past, and then how will you explain this? It's like, geez. I mean, Ben Carson filled it pretty well, but. Um, Obviously, the Facebook questions are a lot more real. Um, and I, I wonder how in the world they did that because there, there had to have been a bazillion amount of people um, posting the questions. And I don't know who would screen all these bazillion of questions and even pick one. I, I don't know.
5: I'm sure they had they, lots of That, that just sounds a little bit funny there.
6: unless they did it ahead of time.
5: Yeah, I'm sure they had a lot of little minions sitting back there in some room looking at the Facebook questions, the thousands of them that came in. And I'm sure that oh, they yeah, certainly wanted one that suited their agenda anyway. They they had an agenda. They wanted to try to bring some people down. And they wanted to set Jebby well, Bush up, you know, in his role as the, um, the the oh, what do you want to call it? the the unifier of the night, you know, the one who wouldn't get... Um, Caught up in name calling or arguing like Chris Christie and Scott Walker, you know, and and uh, oh,
2: well, you know, well,
5: that was well, we'll
2: Paul. hear that was random. Yeah, we'll, well, and actually, I have that clip, we're gonna hear that later. But speaking of Jeb, and I think that's a good segue to the next clip I'm gonna play, is because there was actually a question that I've been uh, you know, asking, you know, or at least mentioning, and I'm sure others have well, and I'm actually surprised they in a way asked them this. So maybe they just want to open up an opportunity for him to answer that. Uh, But I think he answered it poorly. Was That's Jeb Bush on, you know, another Bush in the office. Let's hear about that.
3: Governor Bush, you have insisted that you're your own man. You said you have a life experience uniquely your own, not your father's, not your brother's. But there are several opponents on this stage who get big applause lines in early voting states with this line, quote, the last thing the country needs is another Bush in the Oval Office. So do you understand the real concern in this country about dynastic politics? Absolutely,
10: I do. And I'm going to run hard, run with heart, and run to win. I'm going to have to earn this. Maybe the barrier, the bar is even higher for me, that's fine. I've got a record in Florida. I'm proud of my dad, and I'm certainly proud of my brother. In Florida, they call me Jeb, because I earned it. I cut taxes every year, totaling 19 billion dollars. We were we had we balanced every budget. We went from 1 billion dollars of reserves to 9 billion dollars of reserves. We were one of two states that went to AAA bond rating. They keep they call me Vito Corleone, because I vetoed 2,500 separate line items in the budget. I'm my own man. I governed as a conservative, and I governed effectively. And the net effect was, during my eight years, 1.3 million jobs were created. We left the state better off because I applied conservative principles in a purple state the
9: right way, and people rose up.
2: I don't think he really answered the question. I don't think he addressed it. I think he did very briefly. Um, He, you know, of course you know, and a lot of them did. That wasn't just jab, Uh, but he he very briefly answered it and then went on to tell us, and I I was pretty disappointed with the answer. I was hoping for him to address it more. Uh, So uh, online, on the air, what were your thoughts of that answer?
10: Um, Thoughts on the answer are probably not as relevant as thoughts on the candidate himself. How could we possibly put the country to sleep faster than putting another Bush in office? Now, I understand, <laughs> y- y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but you, sound, you guys sound a little anti-establishment GOP, which is totally fine by me. Uh, would that be a correct assessment? And, and before, we, before you answer that, I do want to also hope that you're going to discuss Carly at some point, because she very well may end up being the black horse in this whole race. I do have to, I'll answer the
2: last one first. I'll answer the last one first. Uh I do have a few clips that will have uh uh Farina, and we've all actually, you know, we've offered to have her on the show and of course we didn't talk to her directly but i I talked to her emailed her, actually uh some folks from her campaign uh they have not uh, agreed to come on yet we've been corresponding to see if there's gonna be a time where she could come on so we're certainly working on actually getting her herself on and I do have a few clips, but uh, most of it will be here from the Uh, the primetime show, but we will hear about that. Now, on your second question for me, because I can't answer for the other two panelists, is I am certainly uh, an anti-establishment. and let me give you a little background. I am a recent, and when I mean recent, I'm talking about within the last four years, independent. Uh, That's one of the things about uh, our show is we're we're really diverse in both party and uh, ideology. And so I used to be, you know, for but most of my life, if anyone, I don't know how old you are and I'm not asking, is if anyone remembers, uh, uh, I can't remember the TV show that Michael J. Fox played in Family Ties or something like that. Uh, I can't remember uh, Michael Keaton or whatever. Um, they they used to call me, you know, they called him the little Republican. I mean, I was like Republican since I was 10 years old. Um, and then, I mean, camp, you know, campaign for candidates, you know, donating, you know, all this stuff. Um And then after 2012, you know, what the Republican Party did, what the establishment did, what the party leadership did, I can no longer, you know, call myself a Republican, and I'm not. Uh, As I said, I'm I'm, uh, independent uh, from that. So, yeah, I'm definitely anti-establishment, especially what happened then. So let me go ahead and bring that over to Cindy, and she can answer uh, for herself. And then Kelly, Uh, go ahead.
5: Well, I have to say that my anti—oh, shoot. I'm on, right? Good. Can you You're hear me? on.
2: Oh,
5: okay. I can hear you. I didn't think I was muted, but then you called me. <laughs> anyway, my anti-establishment comes, comes, uh, has started started way back in the Dole campaign when I was a, a Florida delegate to our state uh, convention, which we used to have. Um, and I could see that Dole was the kind of candidate that, was just going to be a go along to get along. He wasn't going to do anything about um, our, our uh, you know, co- going back to conservative practices and um, ethics and all kinds of stuff. I, I just saw um, that there were other candidates out there that were truly conservative and that I could trust as conservatives. Um, and I kept hearing people say, oh, I just love his wife. I just love his wife. Well, it wasn't his wife that was running. And so uh, from then on, I watched very closely the selection process of um, candidates, uh, Republican candidates. However, I really did not know the extent of the shenanigans behind the establishment Republicans until the 2012 election when I got really deeply involved in it um, in trying to get uh, we tried to somehow work a
2: a uh, brokered convention
5: yeah a a brokered convention we wanted to see it open we wanted to see the vote come out we wanted Romney to be challenged on the floor of the convention um because we believed after all the things we saw him do in his campaign and all the things that the establishment did the the, um, rnc was giving him money long before all the candidates had dropped out he was doing illegal things at his campaign fundraisers he was doing um it was it was reported that there was some vote tampering in florida uh, I mean there was just tons of things. Speaking of the New York, on.
2: there was the false there's there was, there was false information given out in New York. Mhm.
5: There was all kinds of things that went on and I could see just I have the audio how, clip
2: of that still. Go ahead, Cindy.
5: Oh yeah, just how um man, it, it was diabolical how they uh, crowned um Romney as our candidate. And just bashed everyone else and just crushed them to, to smithereens um, Change and, I, and, I just, and I just I had had enough after that in fact um, online I if they give us another candidate like that again this year I will be leaving the Republican Party that is a fact understood sure.
2: So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Uh, Kelly's a uh, libertarian of our group.
6: Well, uh, you know, in my anti-establishment, what's establishment? I mean, there's no such thing as the Federal Reserve, the Pilato Commission, Bilderbergers, Council on Foreign Relations, and this, uh, you know, there's no such thing. It's just a bunch of greedy men who just want to get more greedy. Uh, there's no such thing as a clandestine strategy to give up American sovereignty. and. No, I there's no such thing as establishment, so I can't be anti-establishment. Wait a minute, I'm a libertarian. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: um,
6: yeah, I was done with the Republican Party quite a while ago, but I think because of the precinct strategy, I'm going to become a Republican again. Um, the um, yeah, we got to have Jim Condon. On. He's making some progress. We got a website up now too.
2: Yeah, I've seen that. I've, I've actually could, was looking at some of the things on Facebook tonight, and we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll be inviting him and having him come on the next couple of weeks. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, well, you know, if Congress is made of everyday people, then why is it that they're at a 12 percent approval rate or 15 percent or something ridiculously low? I, I guess they're just nice people that make mistakes, you know, that just hurt our country. And anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm playing naive here. Um, obviously, I'm anti-establishment. Ron Paul, I really liked him. and I've been looking at his son. I'm like, yeah, Ron Paul, Ted Cruz. Uh, I like how to could be two-some. Um, but it's amazing how this debate, it, it, as we keep going tonight, okay, This is I've noticed a number of the politicians avoided the question. So if I can imitate the... Um, the uh, moderator, their so-called moderator, um, and then I'm gonna moderate. A po- I'm gonna pretend to be a politician. Uh, so the moderator starts out a question like this: blah, 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 blah." Subtext says, "Get out of the race. I don't like you." And then the candidate uh, will say and, and, something and like, "That's going
2: to be a good segue to our next." That's going to be a, a segue to our next question, Collie. Go ahead and finish that okay. off, and then I want to get it online because uh, I'd like to ask him about what his thoughts are on the establishment and leadership are and uh, and what he was going to bring up uh, before our question. But go ahead, Kelly, finish off. Then we'll go to you uh, online, and then we're going to bring in uh, uh, another okay. audio that I think play, uh, definitely plays to what you're saying, Kelly. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, so then the uh, <clears throat> candidate has finally asked the question. The question is,
6: hey, what do you think about fishing? Well, the other day I was out hunting. I saw this really good eight-point buck. You know, I aimed real <laughs> carefully, just waited for him to stop, and and that's why you should elect me,
1: huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, those are a couple of questions like that. Uh, go ahead, online. So, uh, so what, what's your thoughts on the uh, on the establishment and the Republican leadership?
10: Thoughts on the um, Republican establishment is Carl Rove needs to be exported to another country. And I think if we can remove Carl <laughs> Rove out of the background, this party might actually bounce into something that resembles the will of the people. Now, can we solely put it on Karl Rove? I have no idea. All I know is when I, when I follow these little uh, strings, if you will, you know, you pull the string and the thing unwinds, always seems like he's in there somewhere, and it's always not what we want. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very um, establishment-prone. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody saw the drudge, uh, drudge poll. George, not George. Uh, Jeb Bush barely made it onto the poll. He was at one or two percent. Of course, you know Trump yeah. trumped with his forty to fifty to sixty percent wavering back and forth over a twenty-four hour period. But Jeb barely got on the dial. What do you think of that? Or you yeah. know, I'm not trying to control the convo. I'm sorry. I'm a former radio guy myself, so let me let me dial down and just answer the question.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there you go. We've got a, a, a you know, we don't want to what what we call that, Kelly, uh, the ace. Uh, but let's go ahead and we'll, we'll describe that later on if we've got time. And definitely, hope you know, if you come back on, you'll hear more about uh, breaking the eighth deadly sin. And so let's go ahead and actually talking about, you know, hey, let's going to get you this gotcha question because get off the stage. We don't like you. Uh, here's uh, another question that was given to Donald Trump.
7: One of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides, in particular when it comes to women. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slavs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account. Only Rosie O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. Thank you. For the record, it was well beyond Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, I'm sure it was. Your Twitter account has several disparaging comments about women's looks. You once told a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. Does that sound to you like the temperament of a man we should elect as president? And how will you answer the charge from Hillary Clinton, who is likely to be the Democratic nominee, Mm -hmm. that you are part of the war on women?
4: I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been cha- I've been challenged by so many people and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. This country is in big trouble. We don't win anymore. We lose to China. We lose to Mexico, both in trade and at the border. We lose to everybody. And frankly, what I say, and oftentimes it's fun, it's kidding, we have a good time. What I say is what I say. And honestly, Megan, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't do that. But you know what? We, we... Need strength. We need energy. We need quickness, and we need brain in this country to turn it around. That I can tell you right now.
2: You know, that's the second time so far tonight we've heard uh, that the president needs brain. So we're not there. Uh, that's making disparaging allusions to uh, the current person in the White House. <laughs> So, I don't know. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to, to you, Cindy. Of course, that was another one of those gotcha questions. of us, hey, we don't like you. I mean, for the folks who did look at it, and I see other folks on the line, and if you'd like to chime in, push the one on your number dial, and we will get you into the show. And also, if you're listening and you'd like to get on, just give us a call, 347-945-7428, and push, as I said, the one on your number dial, and I will get uh, you in, area code 951. Uh, We'll get you in soon. But first, let's go ahead and uh, do our round table here and get in the panel as well as uh, online. And so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Cindy. Uh, Did that sound like another gotcha question for you, or what do you think about uh, his response? And being a woman, since we'll give you a deference to you, uh, what, what do you think about the comments that he's made? I mean he's made well, it more about women, I think, but go ahead.
5: That's the only kind of question he got last night was gotcha questions, but that's okay. He he you know, I was very happy to see and impressed to see that he didn't get all defensive over that. He he went on the offensive instead. And and I really that's one thing I really like about it. I mean, he's got a lot of faults. He's got a trash mouth. He's he's not he's not very diplomatic and he's gonna have to learn that if he ever does become president, he'd better learn how to be diplomatic, because you can't be calling, uh, you know, the president of uh, so-and-so's wife a fat pig or something, because she says something
2: terrible. <laughs> yeah, that'd be you pretty bad,
5: huh? Yeah, so, I mean, Trump would have to learn how to control his mouth, and I think people are going to kind of wake up to that and say, hmm, do I want him in negotiations? Uh, yes, he's a good negotiator, but is he going to be Saying stuff like that to people that, you know, it hurts feelings and then, you know, they don't want to deal with us, you know, but,
2: <laughs> right.
5: but basically, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was funny that, um, you know, for a long time I thought, you know, maybe the Republicans are just using him as a front man to garner all the votes away from the the real true conservatives, and then well, they after
2: did it, did in 2012, this, with uh, exactly, forum, in my opinion, go ahead.
5: Exactly. So and maybe that's what they're doing here um, to try to, you know, get all those, um, you know, pesky little conservatives out of the way. And and then, you know, Trump was going to back out for some reason or they're going to dump some huge scandal on him or something. And then they were going to get rid of him. But and so I thought, well, maybe he is one of those. And they're just going to use him, you know, in this way. But then if you looked at that exchange, if you looked at Megyn Kelly's face, she oh my gosh, had yeah. a look of sheer hatred on her face. I mean, oh there my was gosh, no yeah. doubt about it. She, he was no friend of hers and wasn't going to be a friend of no. hers. And she was going to do her best to bring him down no matter what. So um, I kind of lost that idea after that, Um, unless they're just, you know, they hope that they can, um, unless they hope they can work it without his, (laughs) you know, because they might still be able to use him as a, um, you know, as as a person. Yeah, maybe they've got something on him, or I don't know. He's been an open book. See, that's another thing about him. Yeah, he's got a lot of scandals in his past, but they're all out in the open. Everybody's already, everybody already knows about all his scandals. He he wears he everything he out does. on his sleeve. He he wears all his emotions on his sleeve. He puts everything out there. I mean, he's totally honest, and and he just doesn't care that people don't <laughs> like the way he is or whatever. So, I don't know. There's some good things and bad things about him. But, boy, we'd really have to – I think we'd have to do some smoothing out of his round edges if he was going to be a president.
2: Yeah, certainly. And, Kelly, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, and then online you're next, and we'll bring in our caller from uh, Area 2951.
6: Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I guess after the uh, debate, um His ratings went up quite a bit, so that's kind of interesting and so you know he, uh, folks are getting excited about him. He hasn't won the election yet, so let's not have a premature Trumpulation um, the, the uh there was a uh, historically there was a mean craft speak his mind um crude uh sort of a beep. anyway, his name is John Adams. John Adams would speak his mind. they called him the last Quaker,
1: yeah. and um
6: when our country got started, um you know Washington was the president and stuff, and uh you know washington Adams Jefferson, all that all right. so Adams was sent over to England, and the reason why they sent him over to England as an ambassador is because, oh, let's send John Adams because the English love a good insult, <laughs> so this This maybe America is right for somebody like Donald Trump who could really help the economy in working in trade negotiations um i'm I'm still bewildered by the guy I'm waiting for him to you know fall fall from the ranks um and by the way um what it wasn't quite clear what did he say to Megan that was kind of uh sexist.
2: Yeah, there was a big hoopla about him saying something about uh blood or something, but uh maybe uh, maybe we'll bring that up uh up later. I heard a little smidgen of that, not not a lot. But um uh, yeah, that, that made some big hoopla. Um uh, I don't think he said it I don't think he said it during the debate. I think it might have been something that was said after the debate. But let's go ahead and bring it uh to you uh online and then we have Richard on the line who'd like to chime in as well. Uh, so online on the air, go ahead.
10: What were my thoughts on Trump? Is that the question?
2: Well, yeah, just about, you know, that, uh, the comments that she made, you feel like it was, you know, an- another one of those, uh, get you questions and-, and what are your thoughts about how he, uh, handles himself when it comes to the name calling and political correctness? Sure. And do you uh, agree with him when he says thing. about political correctness?
10: I I agree with most of what, uh, well, I agree with all that Cindy had said. Um, This man has the uh, just amazing ability to, he's resilient. And it it is so funny, the popularity that he has with people, it's almost like he could say the most nonsensical thing and everybody's going to scream and yell for him. It's not that crazy (laughs) yet, but it is amazing how no matter what he says, the people in general love it. Yeah. Give it a give it a, give it an hour or two, and and somebody will start dissecting it. And like like the blood in her eyes, for instance, that was, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really want to go there, but people were inferring what he meant. He never said what people were saying. He said, and then later his campaign turned around and said, well, what he meant was this, and you know, it, it was left to your ear as to determine what he meant
5: by that. Well, and that's the truth. All politicians in in their debates, though, you know, they they make all these statements that it's up to you to figure out what they made by what they meant by that.
10: But he does it by accident. He he's not a planned person. (laughs) This is just him
1: in
5: New
10: York. You know he's from New York. He's going to tell you what he thinks, you know? You can deal with it yeah. or not. So, <laughs> right. I'm from that area, so I take to him pretty well. He's he's actually, I can't decide if I want a Rubio Trump ticket or a Trump-Rubio ticket,
5: but that's where I've been <laughs> for the past month or two. I think Trump what? could never be vice president. I, I don't think that could ever happen.
2: No, he, it, not, yeah, he'd have to be on top or not at all. Yeah. Hey, oh, that was a large logic after dark uh, comment. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, <laughs>
5: Okay, only
2: because you brought it up. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring it. in. I'm sorry. Oh, oh well, she said that she could not see uh, Donald being anywhere but on top, and I said, "Well, that's a that's a comment <laughs> oh, that's made God, uh, on on SpongeBob to And yeah, <laughs> so, well, well, for those who are new to the show, uh, we have we. It's a three-hour show, and it goes from. Uh, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, and then after midnight, uh, we kind of lovingly call that, it's, we call it the extended period, but sometimes we lovingly call it Bard's Logic After Dark, and sometimes we get a little, uh, little funny, a little naughty sometimes, uh, you know, we're out we're of prime time and, and into the night, so to speak. And so we just, you know, have fun, make some kind of comments like that every once in a while. Because normally we are the, the logical people that the show uh, describes. But anyway, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Richard. Thank you very much, uh, Richard, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
8: Well, thank you, Robert. Oh, very good, very good. Well, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to wind up being the contrarian here uh, as it relates oh, no. to Donald Trump. No, I'm afraid <laughs> yeah, so. Man. You're talking. You're, you've got a Trump skeptic on the line here, and I started off uh with that well, pretty early... those, I
2: don't think so. Go ahead. <laughs>
8: um I just have a completely different I'm looking through the uh uh through this um uh, this debate uh, through a completely different lens in terms of Fox and in terms of of Trump and the question involved here. Um I I don't I mean basically if if I could kind of get into n- Megan Kelly's head a little bit for you and and I'll sort of try to explain what I think her her thought process was regarding Donald Trump and why that uh, wound up being the question that it was so I'm thinking about Donald Trump I'm thinking about what I'm going to ask him and I'm thinking about the fact that he has, you know made it very plain that he is not going to do any research on any policy issues he's not going to prepare for the debate He's going to come in cold and he's going to fly by the seat of his pants. And myself being you know a, an accomplished attorney, somebody who feels that they don't know it all, and somebody who thinks that there's something out there to learn every day, I'm mean, thinking, what what do I do with this guy? I can't ask him a detailed foreign policy question. I can't ask him a detailed uh, domestic policy question. The guy hasn't done his homework and doesn't care to so then what options do i have left then i've got to go back to his his public record and see if he can account for some of the you know some of the off-color statements that he's made and some of the things that really are going to come up later on much later on what it becomes if it becomes a general campaign and if donald trump actually wins the nomination which i'll tell you right now i i don't see happening These, these polls are Are pretty uh, uh, you know uh, mercuric at this point but I think there's going to be a point where he comes to a peak I think he's already peaked so she decides basically to just deal with the um, you know with with his uh, off-color statements and I don't think he acquitted himself very well because the reasonable answer would have been in my opinion not to say, well, you know what? Um, the problem with this country has is political correctness. Okay. We ever, we all, we all are aware of that. I mean, I'll, I'll grant him that much, but in this particular context, it doesn't wash because he says, he says to Megan Kelly, he says, um, you know what? I just don't have time for political correctness, but it's interesting. Then when you look at what the guy actually does have time for, he's got time to be spending on Twitter. Bad mouthing, uh, you know, various other candidates and random people. Uh, he's got plenty of time to, you know, on social media and to sit on, you know, and talk over the phone with CNN and and uh, you know imply that uh, Megyn Kelly, you know, had blood. She was issuing a, a, you know, a menstrual discharge. I mean, let's be honest. There is no yeah, other interpretation there's no other interpretation uh, to that comment then than that. And I have pulled some, some women on that. If he meant nose, you know, everybody can remember that people have noses on their face and that people have nosebleeds. And I listened to the, I listened to the pacing of that comment and it was quite obvious he wanted to kind of slip an inference in there without actually coming oh, yeah, out and good. actually spelling it out. So I, I think his no, is a huge fail, huge fail. And here, here's what I'll just kind of give you the elevator speech of what the problem that I have with Donald Trump, which is, you know, which, which goes in multiple directions, but, but I, I believe, and I don't care about the conspiracy theories about, well, okay, you know, maybe Fox news is, you know, is, got a favorite in in the bunch with with bush and and all that sort of thing i you know i'm not a big fan of fox news and whenever i do watch it i'm watching it with a filter just like i do with anything else any other media that i consume but but at the end of the day rupert murdoch is his number one is a businessman and number two maybe number two maybe number 17 is is an ideologue of some sort and has an agenda but number one he's He's got a hot property there in Fox News, and he w- doesn't want to destroy it and this is why you see you see you know varied content on that network. you see some anti establishment people on the network. you see some people that are more you know more mainstream quote unquote republican and you see some neocons and so it's there's kind of a mix there um I have the utmost respect for for megan Kelly. I've you know watched her on and off. I've really never seen her do anything that was, that indicated, you know, some kind of a, uh, um, a stealth bias of some sort. in fact, I think she's been pretty good at putting people on the spot, not just Donald Trump, but Donald Trump, D- Donald Trump is somebody that we need to, we need to take the measure of the man in terms of what he is going to be, able, how he is going to be able to defend himself later on down the road when, when he's not, you know, he's going to face tougher questions than he's faced but what what he's done so far is basically he's like a speak and say um, doll from Mattel that has about seven or eight um, stock um, answers that that he can use to kind of spin off in another direction from the, from the point of the question and he'll talk about deals he'll talk about you know the border of course of course you know most conservatives I hope. Um, you know, have an issue about the border. I've been dealing with that since 1994, actually, excuse me. Well,
2: we've been dealing with that for a long time, right?
8: Yeah, I've been dealing with that for a long time. Um, I am concerned about Donald Trump, the potential that he has to destroy the credibility of things that I've been passionate about things that I've been, you know, crusading about for 35 years. Um. And I think when you go forward, here here's the problem. Here's the big big problem with Donald Trump. Then I'll let you guys comment on this. You know, all of us here tonight kind of all fit into a certain demographic in terms of you know the political scene. Um, you know, uh, right of right of center, I think it's safe to say. So you have that you have that contingent out there. You have that. You have that, uh, that core group that's very politically motivated on Facebook and on social media, and, and they're reliable voters. But but basically what you're talking about there is probably talking about 15, maybe 20% of the people that, that go and show up to vote. Then on the other hand, you've got the, the Democrats, and then you have the, the far left. There's another 20% probably. Then in the middle, you have this vast, vast middle, and I notice that one of us considers themselves a uh, – An independent I do as well salute you there uh, on that Kelly Um, you have this vast middle these are the people that we need to go out there and win hearts and minds especially minds and you're not going to do it with a guy that is you know that is crude boorish loudish acrimonious juvenile petulant but worst of all terribly misinformed terribly misinformed i mean he says some things that i know that a lot of folks out there that are being you know that are showing up in the polls now really <laughs> he's but yeah but he's but he is a he is a train wreck uh down the road and i think he's going to take a he's going to take conservatism with him over the cliff well,
2: No, it, you know and it's interesting to say that and uh for one i'm I, I'm, I'm an independent uh Kelly is a libertarian, you know, with closer to the uh, Republicans, but he's kind of we, – we kind of dub him our libertarian of the group. Uh,
7: That's
2: right. I, bl- did, sorry, having, that. I don't know if any of us uh, – uh, yeah, I don't know if any of us here, at least on the, on the panel – I don't. I mean, I think Trump will last for a while. Do I think he'll be the nominee? Probably not. Um, do I think uh, – I think he's going to – personally, I think he's going to last uh, longer than Jeb Bush will. I think he will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah um, I think he, I, yeah. you know, I mean, he'll, he'll be one, of. he'll be, you know, I would say he may be in the top five when, when, when it starts getting windled down. And mm-hmm. we're going to hear him a lot. Now, whether he, uh, as you said earlier, is going to discredit conservatism, I, I think that may be a possibility. And, of course, if he is, is that something that he himself is behind or if there's someone even behind him uh, using him? Uh, of course, not using him without his knowledge. Uh, using him in that capacity. And and that that remains to be seen. And that's definitely something I agree with you to be mindful of. And so we'll definitely, uh, you know, keep an eye on Trump. And I do want to move forward uh, with the audios uh, because I do hear uh, something going to move on. We're going to hear next from uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, But before I do that, let's go ahead and hear from uh, the others on the line on your comments. And first uh, we will bring up uh, Kelly and then we'll bring it over to you, Cindy, and then uh, online we'll bring it to you. And as do see some other folks uh, on the line, if you'd like to chime in to tonight's show, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. We will get you into the call, and we will be uh, letting you join in on our roundtable discussion tonight on the analysis of the first 2016 GOP presidential primary uh, debate. Uh, but before we hear from uh, the folks, and do hit the one on your number dial if you like to chime in. And we did mention earlier about, in the beginning of the show, about the Patriot Journalist Network. And so at this time, what i would like, okay, and I do see someone else would like to chime in. And after we do, here's that we're going to work it, is after we do uh, do our kind of roundtable discussion, bring things uh, around everybody and play our clip uh, with uh, Ted Cruz on it, then we'll go ahead and see 281 you'd like to get in. Uh, I'll be coming in and doing uh, talk to you briefly, getting name things of that nature with you. And we will get you in the show. And, of course, others out there, as I said, if you'd like to uh, chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And uh, Tessa, I see in the chat. Uh, so welcome. It's good to see you. But, of course, now let's listen to the Patriot Journalist Network.
11: You're not just listening to a show, you're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the Net hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
2: And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And if you are a Twitter user, then, of course, you are probably familiar. If you see a lot of the conservative uh, tweets on the website, they're on Twitter. I'm sure you will have seen the hashtag PJNet. And so definitely check out the website associated with it dot uh, www.patriotjournalist.com, in which Barnes-Logic Little Talk is a proud member. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly, and then we'll uh, have it over to you, Cindy, and then online, and then we will be going there. Go ahead, Kelly.
6: Well, it's cool that we have an attorney on with us now. Um, I didn't uh, hear any uh, notwithstanding this candidate. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we can't tell any attorney jokes now we'll have to stick with engineer jokes, like uh, what do engineers use for birth control, their personalities, but uh being i r one uh being i r one an engineer, I appreciate uh the logic and the thorough thoughtfulness this uh attorney gentleman has uh shared with us. that's really good, and i I really do appreciate that um intelligence was brought up regarding. You know, Ben Carson certainly has a brain. Um, You know, other candidates are very sharp. Uh, Rand Paul was a, a what, eye surgeon? Is that right? Is he also a lawyer? I I can't remember that. But, uh, you know, there was one candidate that I did see on the debate reminding me of uh, The Wizard of Oz, and there was this song that goes something like this. (laughs) If I only had a brain. um. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that candidate that was on the screen was the straw man so I don't know I'm just I I just I said game show when I first came on because I just don't know who to trust I don't know what they're about I don't know how they get ahead um, you know I like several of them but I'm not nuts passionate like I was Ron Paul um, I, I just I don't know I'm, I'm just being amusing maybe at this point Dates in this um, game show.
1: Cindy?
5: <laughs> well,
2: um,
5: I also appreciate that viewpoint as well. He made some very good points. Uh, I would hate to see uh, the GOP primaries become the dog and pony circus show, um, you know, instead of really dealing with our substantive um uh, debate questions. Um, but here's the thing. Trump wrote a book um, called Time to Get Tough. And in that uh, book, it's uh, you know, subtitled uh, Making America Number One Again. And in that book, he lays out an awesome, thoughtful, substantive plan to make America great again. Um, what they're doing to him is they know his personality. They know he can be um, taken off task, off subject. They know that they can bait him to say outrageous things. And so they don't want to ask him anything but baited questions. He he doesn't get a chance to give his details. They don't want him to sound intelligent. They don't want the people to hear the the plans that he really does have in the background. Has he done the studying? I think he did do a lot of studying to to write this book and he does know a lot more than we think he knows. Whether he's got more to learn, absolutely. Um, being, being as he has not been on the inside, there is some catching up to do. However, he's, if you remember his comments during the debate, he, was, he has used the system many times to get, well, uh, several times. To get what he wanted in business, and so I think he really does know how Congress works. And his comment at the debate was, "That's how I know that America is broken. Um, he knows mm-hmm. that those things are wrong; that we should not be doing those things. That our sh- our Congress should not be for sale. It should not be operating the way it is now. Um, by the way, uh, if you know the the history behind his the his comments uh, about particular women, uh, if you look at um, the history of those exchanges, he was always attacked first by these people, and he was just obliging them to to, to come back, which, you know, he ought to have more uh, discipline than that. But anyway, as far as Fox News being a mix of neocons and anti-establishments and all... Uh, I, yes, th- sort of true, but they are held on a reign. Any anti-establishment announcers um, or contributors are held on a reign. Anybody who has ever gone after those rhinos uh, successfully or strategically uh, has either been dismissed from their job or they've been relegated to a bad time slot some other time and, um, um by the way um Megan Kelly did make it very clear that she was a Romney supporter way early in the primaries uh of two thousand and twelve, and so did Ann Coulter. I think Ann Coulter was actually in love with Romney, but anyway um it it, it I was think their very job clear
6: may have upon it.
5: huh
6: I think their job may have depended upon it <laughs>
5: uh, that's well that's possible that's possible and I heard another uh comment. um, And I can't remember who said it now. I don't think it was Trump. But there was a there was a meme going around Facebook and Twitter, um, a picture of Megyn Kelly, very scantily dressed in a very provocative um, pose. And they were, you know, the person was saying, hey, Megyn Kelly did to the women's movement exactly what she is complaining about um by when she she just pretty much um, you know she's you know, how do you you know when um women's libers you know they get, they talk about how women are down trodden and downcast because they're cast as sexual beings and that's all we have to offer and everything. Well, basically, Megyn Kelly was really using that strategy to get further in her job. And that's what the person was saying. And so for her to come up there and insult uh, Trump or uh, not insult him, but come after him for comments he made about women, she really kind of needs to look in the mirror and see what she has done for women, because um, uh, I, I don't—I don't think her past is all that excellent. Uh, I don't think an actual women's lib person would would uh, approve of what what she's been doing. But anyway, that's are that's you, my that's my take take on all on all of that.
8: Are you basing that strictly on the the photo that was uh, distributed yeah. on Facebook?
5: Oh, okay. No, so no, On, I was, I had heard someone commenting on that, that meme. I, I was just re- reiterating well, what this, someone Cindy, else. I know, said about it. I know,
2: it's not Bart's Logic After Dark yet, but I think I would like to see this photo. I don't know what.
8: talking about. Well, first Justin. of all, a point of okay. clarification oh, that that's a very, very old photo. She did a lot of TV <laughs> before she came on uh, with Fox, and it's and it's pretty well, it's it's pretty well, you know, kind of the custom out there. Uh, we we have a a, a girl. Uh, I should not uh, get in trouble calling her a girl, but uh, a young lady that uh, that does the weather down in in San Diego, and you know, and she's rather attractive. And uh, on the it's a and it's a, and it's a Fox affiliate, I believe. <laughs> and and on that, uh, you can go on the website, and she's got you know all kinds of pictures of herself wearing you know uh, different levels of scanty attire and so forth. But but the woman's not an idiot. Um, it's, it's, it's fairly customary. Uh, Megan Kelly is, uh, you know, I think she, I think she's credible enough in terms of, in terms of, you know, a balance, uh, between, you know, between expressing her sexuality and, uh, you know, and demonstrating that, you know, she's someone who, I mean, Fox, I guess you kind of have to, you have to also take in consideration the milieu there. Uh, Roger Ailes, Roger Ailes is into, I mean, he finds intelligent women, but he does tend to, to, to lean towards, you know, the ones that are a little bit easy on the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's just habitual there. And I guess anything that gooses that up, but, uh, no, no, I think that, that, that kind of goes, goes a little a little ways back. Um, but you know, for him to come back, for him to come back and then start talking about, blood coming from wherever uh, you know that, that, right. I didn't get that.
5: when that, i first heard when i first heard him say well, that i did not get that at all i, I must be the most naive woman i did not
2: and, get and that and folks and, and folks that's a conversation for another another time let's go ahead and bring online back and then we're going to play the audio clip from uh with Cruz, and then i want to bring patrick on we've got patrick on the line after that uh the audio for Cruz. so let's go ahead and bring it back to you online
10: well, I appreciate that, and um, I do agree with all that uh, Cynthia said up till the comments about um, Megan Kelly. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pass on my time at the moment. I'm going to need to back off for a little while. I'll continue to listen, and we'll do my best to call back in. But I certainly uh, have enjoyed uh, getting to talk with everybody, and um, hope to do it again real soon. Thanks. All well,
5: right, okay.
2: like just to let you like to know you. A little, Yeah. Thank you very much, on Just a programming note for folks. If you are um, on the line, uh, you can stay on the line through uh, the extended period. Uh, but one thing about it is if you disconnect after the top of the next hour, uh, you unfortunately will not be able to call back in. Uh, and for those of you who have not yet called in yet, if you don't call in by the top of the hour, which is in about 27 minutes, unfortunately okay. you will not be able to uh, listen in or participate in the extended period. Uh, so give us a call at 347-945-7428. But the good news is, is if you do miss uh, hearing the extended period, uh, all of it will still be recorded for our uh, podcast, which will be available shortly after the show for you to listen to. Um the remainder of the show, and also, of course, you can share the link with folks and they can listen to the podcast also uh, by the link. You could also email it to folks. Uh, the link's also available as an RSS feed. You can also uh, get the show through iTunes as well, uh, which is currently free. So uh, you could check that out as well. I know folks who even uh, download and listen to the episodes on their uh, smartphones and iPhones. So you could definitely check that out too. And if you are uh, listening through Blog Talk Radio, uh, there is a follow button. You'd like to get some emails on uh, upcoming and past shows. Uh, just give us a, uh, a follow, and you will be able to get those email updates. Or also, uh, you can visit the Barge Logic Political Talk website at www.BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. Uh, i got some updates that I'm going to be working on for it, but you still be able to uh, contact me on the contact page and by sending me an email and also becoming part of the email a group which will to give you more details on the episodes uh, when they're sent out uh, for folks to uh, listen to and to share. And so let's go ahead and uh, appreciate uh, you coming on online. Hopefully, we'll be able to hear from you again. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and hear uh, moving on through the debate. We've, we've actually only touched uh, not touched not that a, much not into it. We've got uh, a lot left, and this may take uh, this may take two shows. Uh, but let's go ahead and hear that clip uh, with. Ted Cruz
9: Cruz your colleague Senator Paul right there next to you said a few months ago he agrees with you on a number of issues but he says you do nothing to grow the party he says you feed red meat to the base but you don't reach out to minorities you have a toxic relationship with GOP leaders in Congress who even called the Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell a liar recently. How can you win in 2016 when you're such a divisive figure? Chris, I believe the American people are looking for someone to speak the truth. If you're looking for someone to go to Washington, to go along to get along, to, get, to agree with the career politicians in both parties who get in bed with the lobbyists of special interests, and I ain't your guy. There is a reason that we have $18 trillion in debt. Because as conservatives, as Republicans, we keep winning elections. we got a Republican House, we got a Republican Senate, and we don't have leaders who honor their commitments. I will always tell the truth and do what I said I would. <laughs>
2: And definitely, that's definitely uh, on line with a lot of my thinking, at least when it comes to, you know, about the Republican Party. It does appear, and we're going to bring you on uh, first to comment on this, Patrick, is the Republicans won the House. The Republicans won the Senate. And, folks, if you uh, listen to the show uh, back in 2012, when we were talking about the election, we were saying that, you know, perhaps— the reason that the g o p establishment and the party leadership was pushing Romney touting and even on Fox News they were touting especially uh with Mr. O'Reilly touting that uh, he was the and I'm talking about Romney was the most electable, even though we know and he came out to prove it and we said this for a long time on the show, even during the primaries of two thousand and twelve that Romney was the worst candidate to go against uh, Obama he was the worst candidate to go with, to beat him. There was no way he could beat him. We, we, we said that even during the primaries that it wasn't going to, that, that he won it. And some were speculating, well, why would the Republicans do this? And some were contending that the reason they do that is they're like, well, let's go ahead and let Obama, let the Democrats have the presidency, because people will hate it so much that they'll go ahead and they will elect a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Okay, well, let's see. Hmm, that came to be as well. So, Obama won because he went against the worst candidate the Republicans could coordinate, I mean, nominate to go up against Obama. So, we got that. Okay. They've got, you know, I'm not much, that much of a conspiracy theorist, but let's see. And you know, we see how things are now. The the Republicans have the House, they have the Senate, and yet Obama is still getting things passed. He's still getting much of what he wants. So yeah, they're giving it lip service, but in the end, it seems like he's still getting it. And let's go ahead and bring that over to you, Patrick, and tell me what your thoughts on that are. Come on? You are on, Patrick.
11: Well, I think the problem is, is nobody's following the Constitution, and nobody's willing to follow the Constitution. And the problem is, how do you get them to follow the Constitution? The media is bought out. It's owned by the corporations, and that's why the people are on bridges, of all things, because they can't get the word out.
2: Mhm. And I about so, overpasses for America.
11: Uh, yes. Uh-huh. So Look who's gonna, oh, great. Yeah. You know, Ted Cruz is We're familiar
2: with
11: them. What America wants, I want to talk specifically about the USA. The USA wants somebody that works for them, mm-hmm. and not you know not not the corporations, not these other countries, not the elitists. Mm-hmm. and uh the Donald Trump attacks is because he's the only one that has any kind of message and it's not a dynasty message
2: mm-hmm. yep you, were from, you know, as I as was saying you were familiar with the overpasses for America actually the uh founder james neighbors uh used to be one of the panelists here on the show uh, before you know he's really had to concentrate more time on the overpasses for America and so uh, you know folks can look in the archives uh you know back when he was on the show and uh, one of our panelists here uh and he's uh moved on now to uh, work more with overpasses and we're uh, um yeah glad to hear someone who's familiar with his work uh, uh also being on the show
11: yeah i mean you know when when overpasses first started out i mean uh i've witnessed it myself you know they were getting the finger i mean Coke bottles, bottle, you know, different things thrown at them, people swerving at them, you know, cussing at them. And you know what's funny? Now, they're like, they're all waving. The same ones that used to flip them off and, you know, cuss them yeah. out. They're they're waving now.
5: Mm-hmm.
11: And, and, in fact, they're stopping and wanting to know how to get on the overpass.
5: Yep.
11: Awesome. Um, so, it's it starting to take hold. I
2: think we still need many more people, I think, uh, to get this country back.
11: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, what is it going to have to come to? You know, nobody's listening, nobody's willing.
5: And and yeah. and,
11: and the only representation we have up there is representing Mexico or another country.
5: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I, I'm... One of the a multinational corporations.
2: And real quick, Cindy, real quick, Cindy, I do want to let Patrick know, because he uh, may be new to the show, whether, you know, maybe a first-time caller, but been a listener before. Uh, but one thing different is, you are welcome, of course, Patrick, to uh, stay on the show as long as you like with us and uh, join our roundtable discussion. And as we play the audio clips and continue to talk about uh, tonight's topic uh, and do the analysis of the debate, uh, you're welcome to, uh, we'll bring it back uh, to you and you can make uh, comments on there, okay?
11: Yeah, I'll stay as long as I can. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Awesome. No, no problem. That's, you know, about the show, it's, you know, the grassroots, we the people show, it's about, uh you uh folks out there in the audience calling in tell us what your ideas and thoughts are and what's important to you go ahead cindy
5: uh by the way patrick i just thought i'd let you know that um there's one of our bloggers there um w- one of our persons on chat says she likes your voice just thought you'd like to know that oh uh, <laughs> big thank you
11: to her uh, i'm surprised <laughs> you know, i hate my voice <laughs>
5: so. Well, anyway, I just want you to know that I, I agree with everything that you just said. Our main problem is that nobody wants to follow the Constitution. Um, if you haven't listened to us very much before, you you don't know that um, Kelly, who is one of our contribut- tri- contributors on tonight, he's kind of our resident Constitution uh, scholar, and mm-hmm. um, we we hear we hear that a lot here. We we discuss that a lot. How. The Constitution has been trampled on, and
11: yeah, that's the root of the problem. They're not following it. I mean, you know, yeah. and why should why should U.S. citizens follow any laws if they're not going to follow? Them? You know, just and it's been a it long be
5: time. It. It's been a long time since they've been following it too, and they yeah, do and they're need sure to. Yeah, they do follow. Yeah, they do need to know that they're they're there, put there by our votes and they're there to work for us. And we have not done our homework. We have not done our responsibility as a voter. We are not holding them accountable for the things they do up there. We're not even finding out what the, what what are the consequences of these laws that they're passing? What are the I, consequences of all the money they're spending? What, yeah, I mean, what like... have they done to us that we, our people do not have a clue. They're busy watching Ninja Warriors and every other, you know, (laughs) reality (laughs) show on TV, you know, they don't, they're not paying attention to what is going on in this, in this country. And they don't have a clue how many people are getting a government check when they could be working. And because of that, they don't have as much money in their pocket. They're not putting as much into the economy. And they're not getting back out of it anything, and and so well, I mean it's a whole round thing. And by the way, I I am uh, an overpasses person here in Florida. Uh, so I've been I to several to of them. Uh, mm-hmm.
11: I, I agree with what you just said. Uh, however, some of these people uh, are out of work because they've been replaced by illegal immigrants. I say some, a good majority of them. So,
5: I'm sorry. Uh, they're replaced by what?
11: They're, they're replaced by illegal aliens.
5: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm.
11: So uh, wouldn't they be uh, considered disabled by our government? Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason that Cruz got all that applause when he said, uh, you know, the Matthew says, uh, you accused Mitch Connell of being a liar. You know, isn't that divisive? You know, isn't that divisive? Um, and, and, Basically, the whole audience erupted over that, and, uh, and that's because everybody knows that we've been lied to, uh, or at least the people in that audience that are savvy in politics, they know that we've been lied to. The problem is not enough of the general population, the average Joe on the street, still believes that his guy, whether he's Republican or whether he's Democrat, they still believe that their guy is up there just to help them, and they're getting the truth from them, and they have nothing to worry about, everything's under control, and they're absolutely I mean, dead wrong yeah
11: they they're they they're, they're, they're still the what you know what we call the sheeple who mm-hmm. like you said, they think that they would never be lied to, and they're constantly lied to
1: mm-hmm.
11: they're constantly lied to and, and you're right about about them not paying attention i see I hear this all the time, well, why should I participate? I mean, I don't. I, I'm not going to, you know, participate in that. And and these are the type of people that, like you said, they don't pay attention to nothing. You can't even go to the store without hardly getting, you know, ran over with a, with them when they're facing a yep. cell phone. Yep.
5: <laughs> well, you know, I have a girlfriend. Um, she's a Democrat. And I and I said to her, we don't very often talk about politics because we don't want to go there in our relationship. But I said to her the other day, um, you wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton, would you? And she looked at me point blank and went, you bet I would. (laughs) What what the
2: heck? (laughs)
5: Let's go ahead and uh, move on. Let's
2: go ahead and bring it over. Uh, Let's go ahead and bring it over to uh, Kelly, as you said, our resident uh, constitutional scholar. And then we're going to bring it over uh, to you, Richard. And then we're going to go ahead and move forward uh, in some clips from the debate. And what we'll cover next is from, well, Walker was a question asked for him. On uh, abortion. And then we'll uh, go ahead and looks like we only got about 12 minutes left of the regular live period of the show. And of course, we will be going into what we call the extended period. And of course, sometimes lovingly, Bards watch after dark. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, so, to those who have not yet called in, uh, give us a call at 347 945 7428. Even if you want to just call and listen to the show. Uh, because if you do not, uh, you will not be able to hear the third hour of the show until it's over, uh, but you will be able to hear the remainder of the show on the podcast uh, that will be available shortly after the show. So please, uh, we do ask that uh, share the link uh, to folks, whether through email or to uh, just download the show, give it to other folks uh, so they can listen to the episode as well. We encourage them to come on, because as I said earlier, this is, uh the we call it the grassroots we the people show where we definitely want to hear uh more from uh you out there the grassroots uh because uh, this is what the, the show's about it's about uh you folks out there and so let's go ahead and uh bring it over uh to you richard and then uh, we're going to go ahead and play uh the clip with walker on it richard go ahead
8: great and i thank hope you, we can robert. hear some
2: about her. go ahead you're welcome
8: <laughs> thank you robert well you know it's interesting that uh, that uh, the subject of Ted Cruz has come up because I uh, I just just published today uh, a column entitled this is on blastedfools.com and you can Google this it's uh, Ted Cruz the Donald Trump antitoxin and and in <laughs> there, and, in, and in there I outline why I particularly believe that that as you know as Donald Trump continues on and you know and, and turns more people off uh, as as he goes which is inevitable um uh, that that you know his trump titanic is going to start taking on water people will be looking for something else to jump off onto and i think that uh, i nominate um ted ted cruz as the alternative Uh, to that because Ted Cruz you know is very plain-spoken he is he's not a pussycat of any kind but he is articulate he can another he gets some of these wonkish questions that he's going to be hit with and that he has been hit with uh, ever since he's been in the Senate Uh, you know goes on on various of these shows and the the whole the whole idea is well uh, who's going to be the guy that's going to take Ted Ted Cruz down? Who's going to, you know, have the question that's going to stump him? And and uh, no one has yet, and no one will, because the guy was the uh, the guy was a um, uh, was the was the chief law clerk for William Rehnquist, the the, the head of the Supreme Court uh, back in the um, in the 70s and 80s, and he uh, and even um, even Alan Dershowitz, Harvard law professor. Of whom Ted Cruz was one of his students uh, says that Ted and and Dershowitz is not a conservative okay maybe perhaps a moderate and he's pro Israel and so forth and so on but 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 Alan Dershowitz says of Ted Cruz that he was he was among a select group that were his most brilliant students so there's a kind of a there's a combination there of a of a gentleman a scholar and somebody who is not afraid to, you know, not afraid to call out the, uh, the obstructionists in Congress, McConnell, uh, he hasn't dealt with Boehner all that much because he's not in the house, but, uh, but I, but I've, I've appreciated the fact that he has, uh, that he has, um, you know, kind of stepped a little bit outside the boundaries of, you know, the, the old. The old boys' Senate club, you know, where everybody is kind of very, you know, there's a, you know, they defer to one another, and you can't, you know, you would never want to um, call somebody like uh, McConnell a liar, but McConnell is a liar. McConnell is a habitual liar. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so I don't. I think he handled that question. He knocked it out of the yard, and I just, I just hope going forward. Well, I'm going to try to do everything I can to call people's attention uh, to Ted Cruz, because that's somebody that I could easily see running the country. Um, and I guess that's pretty much it. I would just, uh, I would just briefly comment on, on Donald Trump's book. Um, to, 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 to be honest, uh, that book he did not write uh, that was written by a ghost writer. Uh, this is typical with celebrities. They don't write their own books. And especially if it's politics, yeah that book was written for him he he could probably not even cite you chapter and verse of of his policy positions that was in that were in his book because he can't do it when he's uh, you know when he's even being interviewed on CNN so i'm a little skeptical there but then i'm generally skeptical but i think i think ted cruz is somebody we want to keep our eye on um because i think because i think he's hitting on all cylinders here it's just that it's just that you you've got somebody that's uh, kind of uh, inauthentic that's kind of taking all the, um, uh, you know, the um, oxygen out of the room at this point?
2: Well, definitely, uh, there definitely is a strong faction behind uh, Ted Cruz, and there has been actually for quite some time. And so, I mean, of the candidates I said earlier, the, the top five uh, that I see uh, who, uh, who ended up becoming the top five, I see Cruz in that number. Um, as things get windled down over time. I'm still hoping that uh, there is one more candidate that uh, jumps in the race, and uh, we will be hearing an audio from him uh, later on in the show. He's not running yet, uh, but you will hear what uh, he's saying about uh, the candidates, and hopefully we will uh, hear more from him. But I did uh, make an oops earlier in the show, just a few minutes ago, and I did say that Kelly would be next, and I kind of screwed that up, and it kind of skipped over you, Kelly. I apologize. Uh, so I do see, and I also see that uh, On the Air is back on the line, so hopefully no one gets disconnected, uh, because if you do it after the next six minutes, unfortunately, uh, you would not be able to call, uh, call in. And so, uh, yeah, the browser, yeah, and uh, answering that to your chat there online. Uh, yeah, the browser says we have 12 minutes left uh, to do that Um so we'll hopefully bring you back in uh, when you can push the the one and number dial. Uh, See, so you may have already done that. So we'll go ahead and uh, go over to you, Kelly, and I apologize. And then we're going to go ahead and play uh, moving on. So I'm, I'm trying to do things linearly as much as I can uh, through the debate uh, just to go in through people's uh, memory from there instead of jumping back and forth through all the different quotes uh, and questions from the debate uh, because it looks like we will be doing uh, another show perhaps next week uh on this, because, gosh, I just got so much more, and there's so much more to talk about, and, uh, you know, we'll have our guests and our other shows, but first, let's go ahead and bring it over, back over to you, Kelly, as I said, I apologize uh, for skipping over you, go ahead.
6: Oh, that's okay, I, you know, I'm supposed to be this constitutional scholar, and all I'm doing is being goofy tonight, but, uh, you know, um, and and by the way, linear debate, I just don't see that in what, you know, those two words (laughs) together, and what, all right, anyway, um <laughs> I I want I want to put a plug for
2: Okay, quick, sorry, real quick real quick, Kelly. I probably should have said in, in chronologically. So I'm trying to do it as, you know, the, as the debate went on. So yeah, chronologically is is the way that I'm I'm trying to play the audios uh on on when they came in the uh in the debate. Go ahead.
6: Okay. Well, yeah, um but yeah, I want to put a plug for those people who've been listening for a while and and they haven't called in, I just, hey, why don't you call in? Because that way, you know, you won't have to be too tortured by my attempts of political humor. You know, I'll sneak it in there. I'll be real serious about something, and then I'll, when you're not expecting it, you know. For example, Hillary Clinton, you know, she's threatening her national security alert on private server. That's pretty serious. I mean, what was she thinking? The problem really goes back to her youth, see? She's never been the same since that house fell on her sister in Kansas, (laughs) Um, But anyway, we were talking bridges, overpasses, and, you know, I've seen under the Obama administration, it's kind of nice as a civil civil engineer, you get to see bridges built. Well, um, Obama did that, you know, because he knew the economy would be really bad, and that way people could either live under the bridge or jump off them. But uh, anyway, so the Senator Fathers actually did have a sense of humor, and and they were— when they were considering who to write the Declaration of Independence, it was down to Franklin or Jefferson, and they realized Franklin would sneak in a joke, so they let Jefferson write it. And the world has been changed ever since. Uh, but, con- but the founders actually did have a sense of humor, and they put it into one word in the Constitution. They actually did have a sense of humor. See, when you consider all sorts of different animals, you know, like a covey of quail, a murder of crows, a herd of cattle, etc., well a group of um, baboons is called a Congress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I I guess uh, it's uh, all <laughs> that is good.
8: <laughs> I'm gonna use that somewhere. Guaranteed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I
6: figure I figure if I follow their example something good might happen, even if it's humor here and there. But but anyway, yeah, the constitution is extremely important. I, I want to put a little plug in for Ted Cruz. You know, I'm I'm not decided on any of them, but one of the things that I like about him is that his father suffered a lot in other countries and eventually made it here. And I'm sure his dad told him, either his dad or his grandpa, I can't quite remember, but he has. Um, suffering, in your, if you will, suffering in his mind, and he comes to America with a different perspective than most Americans who have gotten used to, well, this is just the way it is. But if you look in the, in the early 1800s, when this great experiment of self-governance uh, took from our Constitution, all of a sudden people are like, this is a good idea. This works, because they remember the suffering that induced the Declaration, the war, uh, Revolutionary War, and then uh, from that suffering, if you will, came uh, a constitution that the founders set up something so that future generations would not suffer from the tyranny they suffered. So Ted Cruz has an edge, if you will, compared to others in the thinking um, from how bad it could be or the stories he heard.
8: Well, that's a good point. It really
2: is. Was that serious enough? You just, yeah. I'm going to use this opportunity uh, to uh, thank those who are uh, listening to the live portion of the show. And as a reminder that uh, the remainder of the show for the extended period will be on the podcast. That will be available later because uh, it looks like we only got about a minute before we go until the extended period and so thank you and uh just as i said earlier share the link or if uh, you're new just hit the follow button there on blog talk radio i think, uh emails uh, about the show or if you want to get more details on those emails uh, just send me a message through the contact page on the bards logic political talk website at, w- at com. Probably don't want some uh, updates in the near future, but uh, definitely check it out. And it's a li- little unique uh, than what you're probably used to for uh, political websites. But, hey, what you know, that's kind of something we're shooting for is uh, to kind of stand out from the others because uh, why would you want to do something that everyone else is doing? Uh, but anyway, so let's go ahead and play the audio uh, with Walker on there because I don't even know if we've heard anything from uh, Walker tonight. Uh, but this is uh, on some of his stances that he's had and things he said on the past. And this is a, another And Megyn Kelly. Uh, some of us uh, like her more than others. Um, and I still, since we got about seven seconds before we go to Bart's logic after dark, uh, uh, I want to say this to you, Cindy. I want you to send me that picture. Anyway, so let's go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> that Megyn Kelly picture. But anyway... But let's go ahead and listen to that question to Walker.
7: Governor Walker, you've consistently said that you want to make abortion illegal, even in cases of rape, incest, or to save the life of the mother. You recently signed an abortion law in Wisconsin that does have an exception for the mother's life, but you're on record as having objected to it. Would you really let a mother die rather than have an abortion? And with 83% of the American public in favor of a life exception, are you two out of the mainstream on this issue to win the general election? Well, I'm I'm pro-life.
4: I've always been pro-life. And I've got a position I think is consistent with many Americans out there in that, in that I believe that that is an unborn child that's in need of protection out there. And I've said many a time that that unborn child can be protected and there are many other alternatives that will also protect the life of that mother. That's been consistently proven. Unlike Hillary Clinton, who has a radical position in terms of support for Planned Parenthood, I defunded Planned Parenthood more than four years ago, long before any of these videos came out. I've got a position that's in line with everyday America.
2: Okay, and uh, one of the things, I just want to make a little disclaimer here, Uh, at least it's something I've heard. And then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and bring it to you, Cindy, and then we'll bring you in, uh, Patrick, and then Richard, and then Kelly, and then we'll move on to the other clip. Uh, But first, uh, you know, a guy who he's done thousands of, you know, uh, thousands of uh, embalmed bodies, things of that nature. And thousands and thousands of them, he said. He said he's only had one incident, one incident when he actually had to uh, do that with uh, a woman who dialed, you know, died from from childbirth because she was having a baby. It's just so rare. Um, And and as Walker said, there are other technologies out there. So let's go ahead and um, get to you, Cindy. Uh, you know, and once, of course, this is, I, I think it's more than a, a, a woman's issue. They, in and Wisconsin, and say that it is, but uh, I think when it comes to pregnancy, men uh, are, are really left out in that, and that, that really kind of ticks me off, to be honest, uh, that that's the case. It's, you know, we have no decision-making ability uh, prior to the birth of the child, but of course, once. Uh, they, they're born, they want us to pay child support and we should, I'm not saying, you know, we should do our part, but I think it's kind of hypocritical to expect us to, uh, have the responsibility, uh, and even to say, you know, after the born, but even before saying it's, it's completely out of our hands. Uh, but that being said, uh, Cindy, what do you think about, uh, one, her question and even the tone of her voice and his answer?
5: yeah it was one of the, another one of those baiting questions um, uh and i'm <clears throat> I'm not really sure why she asked it of him. I would have thought she would ask that of someone else. Um, uh, I guess his stance on abortion is uh very uh, radical. um uh, most conservatives who are pro life do leave that open for the life of the mother. Um, but there are some points in that that are worth dis- discussing and arguing over because um, there are a lot of times when they take a baby and they tell the mother that she's going to, you know, have to take the baby because of this and that. It's not necessarily true, first of all. And, and second of all, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories. Where a mother was told that either she or her baby was going to die, she just needed to go ahead and get rid of it, uh, and then that did not happen. She she chose to keep the baby, and, and neither uh, scenario happened. So it's a very troubling area uh, to go in and 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 uh, talk about. But you also have to think um, in terms of well. Who's gonna make those decisions? who's gonna make the decision that that this woman is gonna die or that something outrageous is gonna happen if this baby is is born um, it it you have a lot of doctors out there right now who uh are not necessarily uh ethical doctors uh making these decisions making these decisions. Um, I'd hate to see, I hate to think that, um, moms would think that their babies were going to kill them and then they got rid of them. Uh, and then in the end they, they were, they, they, you know, I mean, a lot of women end up with mental problems after these abortions. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I did a study Um, on that one time in college.
5: Yeah, I hate to see anything like that, but I, I do want to talk more about, um, Walker in general though, because... I really he's another one of those candidates that I I was originally for him I was a walker person in fact we have a very conservative REC here in Volusia County and we have been uh, talking him up for quite a while well I don't mean me personally but our our leadership here has and um, so then, when I found out that my friend from Wisconsin, Todd Daniel Welch, you'll remember, was a, a delegate to the the last convention.
2: Oh well, yeah, we had him on the show then, back then. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Exactly. He, I asked him. I said, "How come you are pushing for Rand instead of um, um Walker? Walker. Because everybody says Walker is so conservative. Uh, and then he, he he answers me like this, and let me just read you what he said. Uh, several things, Cindy. Number one, he implemented Ob- Obamacare exchanges with an emergency rule after the legislation would not do it. Only after hard push from the grassroots did he repeal it. Number two, he has backed down repeatedly on stopping Common Core. Number three, he supports the Patriot Act and attacks Rand Paul for trying to stop it. Number four. He repeatedly tried to stop right-to-work from passing this, se- this session. Number five, his cronies have repeatedly, uh, have repeatedly condemned and worked to eliminate Liberty Republicans from the party. Number six, stated he would not sign a constitutional carry bill ensuring that it got watered down to, a per- um, to permit carry. Um, that's a, a you know Second Amendment issue there. Walker has not proven uh, to be a, a friend of liberty. Most of the big conservative things he has done here were pushed on him. Really, aside from Act 10, there is not much conservative that he has done, and even Act 10 was pushed on him by others. Now you'll remember Act 10 is the one, the thing that everybody got. You know, uh, thousands of people came into the 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 Capitol building there, and tried to disrupt that whole process and not get that passed. Um, that was the workers' union bill. So in addition, he says he sees him as a politician who is highly influenced by money and powerful lobbyists. Just sounds like another um, uh, rhino establishment Republican to me. I don't know. But that's that's my take on him, and I, all I can do is... Uh, take it from a guy who's who's in there. He's in the inner circles. So.
2: Hmm. And uh, Patrick, would you like to make comment on that or uh, with what uh, was said in the clip or anything Cindy said?
11: The only thing, I mean, I, I'm 99% against abortion. But uh, that point just hits on the 80% where I'm not. You know I mean? When it, comes to a mother's choice, if she's gonna die, or the baby's gonna die, I'd put myself in the baby's position. And let's say I'm the baby. And I, I come along in life, I, you know, my mother didn't survive because of myself, I'll come along far enough to the point in life, where I discovered, hey, I'm the reason my mother's dead. And I could have went before I knew what before I even got into life. So I really think that's kind of a mother's decision when it comes to that and the doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's really all I have on that. But I would like to touch on something real quick, the the Ted Cruz sure. thing. Uh, what about his wife being connected with the CFR, Council of Foreign Relations, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the fact that he gave you-know-who exactly what he wanted? i mean along with other you know other members of congress in the senate well
5: and and she's uh she's in goldman sachs too exactly I mean, she's up she's up to her eyeballs in um in uh the globalist uh agenda but whether he is or not i don't really know i can't tell uh, it seems like he's putting bills out there he's creating things he's he's Stumping on the stumping on the floor to get some conservative things passed. Um, so it seems like he's not one of them. But you know, that's another situation where you, you just don't know. You don't know they until know. they're in there and, and they're candidates. You know. I've
11: read articles that concern. Well, that's me his wife. I don't
2: them. know. That gives me pause uh, to uh, consider it. That gives that gives me pause to consider that.
11: And uh, he's, I mean, I've read an article recently. I couldn't tell you exactly from in the end, you know, all the details. However, it it, uh, cites uh, Cruz as the first president of the New World Order. I'll just put it that
5: way. And that (laughs) concerns me. Yeah. Well, you know, I also read somewhere that he... um, what was it? Let, let me try to find it and I'll I'll take 'cause I will i will because i do not want to tell you something wrong. I'll I'll try to find it and then I'll come back to it.
11: Sure. Uh, and, okay. and and yeah. you also touched on the PATER Act. I don't need to say anything other than building seven.
5: Yeah.
11: <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that.
2: Mm-hmm. And then let's go ahead and bring it over to uh you, Richard, and then Kelly, and then I'll go ahead and uh play a clip. Uh we'll stay on the same uh I know we, we we're on the abortion subject. We kind of leaned mm-hmm. off of it. And that's okay. It's part of the organic nature of the show. Uh, but we will uh, play a clip from Huckabee, so we'll hear a little bit from him, uh, you know, on the same subject. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to you, Richard, and then Kelly. Go ahead, Richard.
8: Sure. Well, I'll just hit some points here on, on Ted Cruz's wife. Uh, first of all, she has resigned from Goldman Sachs. She no, no longer works there. But 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 the fact of the matter is, when when you're involved in an organization like that, yes, Goldman Sachs is is a, a global uh, banking organization, and yes, their agenda is tied in with globalism and uh, you know if you want to call it the one world order and so forth and so on. Uh, I I think Ted Cruz's wife has has been there for quite some time, and you kind of get a sense you know when you're working at a place you you kind of. Get a feeling what the lay of the land is, and you know, unless you really want to just you know throw yourself off the island, um, you kind of you kind of keep your head down below the radar screen. The the situation with the council on foreign relations is it's a multi-structured uh, hierarchical organization. So some people are
2: involved. Wasn't Gingrich part of that a little bit, or?
8: Beg your pardon. I'm Sorry.
2: I was going asking Cindy, I thought uh that Nick Gingrich uh Yes he, said he,
5: he, I don't know if he still is, but he was a member of the CFR and and hmm. what I've always said about that